are back. Welcome in, everyone. Another episode of the Final Score Podcast. Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department here with you. And on this week's episode, we will talk to Kirk Meehan, the uh, head coach of the Ligonor Boys soccer team. Uh, Lancers uh, having uh, quite a turnaround season um, at, uh, let's see here, 5-1 and one overall, 4-0 and oh in the Central Maryland Conference Spires Division. Uh, this is after a winless season they had uh, last year and a one-win season they had uh, the, the season before that. So Ligonor uh, really playing well. And uh, Alexander Dacey and John Cannon are here with me. And Alexander, you've seen the Ligonor boys recently. What were your impressions of them? Uh, well, they were very, very tight defensively. Uh, you know, Eric Simonson, their goalie, made a couple nice saves. This was last month. Thursday, I believe, against Thomas Johnson, they pulled out a tight one nothing win, and you know that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of been their mo. All five of their wins have been one, you know, one goal wins, and with three of them being one nothing shutouts. So, you know, very, t- very tight and sound defensive team, uh, and you know they have a couple guys that can that can you know poke poke the ball past on the other end if needed, but you know. Defense is the name of the game for them, and they they're really excelling at that. Yeah, I, I saw them play Walkersville on the road earlier in the season, and they pulled out a game in very similar fashion. Very, <clears throat> very good defensive game. Uh, got 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 a, the goal or two that they needed to win. So yeah, that that's their formula. And uh, look forward to talking to coach <clears throat> coach me and <clears throat> excuse me in just a couple of minutes about his team and and just their uh, remarkable uh, turnaround season. But uh, here we are, guys. Week five of the football season. We're passing the halfway point of the, of the nine-week uh, regular season, which is always <laughs> remarkable because <laughs> we're not even in October yet, and the season's already uh, going to be more than more than half over. Not not counting the playoffs, but um, but but your your, your takeaways uh, just 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 from where we stand at, at, at the midway point. Our uh, we we said Frederick. Uh, was probably the best team at the start of the season. That that's looking pretty good. Uh, Oakdale's also undefeated. We said they were going to be one of the best teams. That's looking pretty good. I guess the surprise of the season so far is Ligonor is a 500 team. Middletown, who who's always good. That's a, that's a 500 team. Just John, you're just general takeaways from mm-hmm. from the football season so far. Yeah, and, and uh, actually another uh, kind of a surprise. Maybe not too much of one. Urbana. I mean, really off to a heck of a. We figured they'd be improved, but I mean right. they're looking like a real legitimate force. Um, which, you know, last year they were solid. Now it seems like they took that extra step. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a Linganore 500, I mean, I don't think any of us saw – not that there's anything horrible with that, but, I mean, for Linganore that's, that's unusual uh, at this time of yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, there, there are two losses that are respectable losses, the Westminster of, of a very talented team, and, and then they lost to Oakdale in, in a game they led 14 nothing at halftime last week before Oakdale completely changed the game in the second half with, with their defense and offense. They really won every battle along the line of scrimmage. Ligonor struggled to move the ball at all. Oakdale got their running game fired up with with really a backup running back because uh, uh, Daniel Joseph, their starter, uh, suffered a severe injury uh, the week before against Middletown. So uh, Rory Blanchard steps in and, and does a great job running the ball for Oakdale. And Evan Austin... Uh, made, made enough plays at quarterback and in the defense limited Ligonor. They held Ligonor without a first down in the second half. So so Oakdale really took mm-hmm. over the game in the second half and had a big uh, comeback win uh, down two touchdowns at halftime. They they won 28-14 to remain undefeated. And Oakdale with another big test this week against Fort Hill, the perennial 
one a it seems state champion but 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 certainly uh a state power a team that, that beat oakdale fairly handily last year in, in cumberland so oakdale with a little uh, retribution uh, on, on its mind this week but um but yeah it, it seems like things are playing out sort of as we expected so far minus maybe the ligonor and middletown uh results um Alexander, you, you saw uh, Walkersville uh, bounce back against TJ last week. What were your impressions of, of the Lions? Um, Walkersville might be one of the best 0-3 teams I've ever seen. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, they, they, they kind of got dealt a, dealt a rough uh, opening you know, uh, streak of their schedule there with Liberty, Oakdale, and Linganore. And, you know, they played – the, you know, you know, they got tighter as the as the weeks went along, and finally last week they they had a you know an, an opponent that I mean they were frankly overmatched against uh, or or they overmatched uh, you know Thomas Johnson. It was not not competitive at all, forty eight nothing. You know, but their running game just sort of started you know churning, and they had three you know three running backs turning really strong performances. Uh, obviously, Ronnie Lopez. Um, and a, a Zion and Temi, but also they caught up from JV to Marcus Ross, a sophomore, and he uh, he got he got basically the entire second half to himself, plus a little, plus a little bit at the end of the second quarter, and and you know looked looked solid, and again again coming up this week against Tuscarora, you know with their schedule you know easing up a little bit at least for the time being, you know they they should their, their records just start to look a little bit more respectable coming up here yeah we should point out that Catoctin has won two straight games yes. they, they had a real nice win against uh south hagerstown after winning at tj uh the, the week yeah. before so so Catoctin, uh after really struggling through those first two weeks has sort of found its footing the problem for them is they have their homecoming game against yeah. frederick this week and uh mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's not likely to, to to go very well for Catoctin. Uh, if if they keep it close, that that'll be that'll be a pretty darn uh, good effort. So, but 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 we should point out that yes, Catoctin is playing better with uh, two straight wins. Uh, Brunswick with three straight wins mm-hmm. since their opening loss to South Carroll, a, a returning um, uh, state finalist last year, and Brunswick's doing it with their offense. I mean, <clears throat> they scored uh, sixty one points, I believe, last week against Rock Ridge, uh, a, a Northern Virginia school. And that's the most I, I looked it up. That's the most points Brunswick has scored in a game since, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, 2005, wow. October of 2005. So it, it's been a while since Brunswick was that proficient on offense. But that follows uh, a 20, a 27 point effort against Boonesboro, uh, a, a very respectable team, and then a 42 point outing against TJ uh, uh, prior to that. So Brunswick's doing it with, with, with their offense, and, and, and they're three and one too. Um, Urbana continues to roll around. There was there was some question as we talked about last week if this game would get played this week against Gaithersburg, but I guess because Gaithersburg was going through all sorts of uh, issues, but I guess they've been sorted to the to the degree that they could come back and play. So Urbana will host uh, Gaithersburg on Friday night, and and and. Urbana, Oakdale, and and, and Frederick; the, those appear to be the clear uh, front runners right now. And and Frederick plays uh, Oakdale, and uh, Urbana plays uh, Oakdale. So Oakdale will will get both of those teams uh, before the end of the season. So in back to back weeks too. Right. So 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 look forward to seeing that. So um, any other takeaways as we as we look ahead uh, week five we got Frederick and uh, Catoctin Oakdale Fort Hill Ligonor Middletown which should be an interesting game it, it should be competitive 
Uh, Brunswick Coast Clear Spring. That that, that should be a win uh, for for the Railroaders. A couple of Thursday games this week. Uh, I'm not I'm not exactly sure why. I, I suspect, and I've heard this, but I'm I, I don't know for certain. But might have to do with uh, uh, officials and, and and getting officials uh, to to work these games. Uh, so Walkersville at Tuscarora was moved to Thursday as well as TJ at South Carroll. And TJ will have another um, tall order on his hands in, in knocking off South Carroll. South Carroll has a win over Westminster, and Westminster, of course, beat Ligonor in, in, in Week 2. So that shows you how good that South Carroll program is. And uh, St. John's uh, with, with their first MIAAC conference uh, contest against Severn, uh, a, a pretty good Severn team. And uh, Maryland School for the Deaf uh, – Looks to uh, improve to five and one against Delaware County Christian, uh, a Pennsylvania school, not a Delaware school. So that is your week five slate. Um, John, you've been putting together the prep page for us uh, for the past couple of weeks. Any, anything really jump off, uh, jump off the the page um, f- for you there? Um, let's see, football wise, I mean, a lot of, a lot of um. A lot of rushing this year. I mean, it's uh, not unusual for this this county, I guess. A lot of a lot of guys are putting up some big numbers. You mentioned Ben Wells. I mean, he's uh, you, know, you got you got guys right now that are creeping up around you know, seven hundred yards already, and we still got a few games left. So that looks like we'll have a bunch of thousand yard rushers this year. Uh, the way things are going right now. Well, well what about non football? I mean, uh, you saw Br- the Brunswick boys soccer hmm. team uh, uh, earn a rare win over Middletown this week. Yeah, I mean they're de- defending state champs, uh, Brunswick, and um, they return a. Uh, I want to say like all but like maybe four players from last year's team, and they uh, they play a, a really just a, a good brand of soccer. They're very hard nosed and. Um, hard-charging team, and they uh, get a lot of offensive guys back. And uh, they, they, you know, Middletown's a heck of a team, and they, uh, Brunswick just took it to them. They scored like two goals within a minute, and then they got a red card, Brunswick, and held tight toward you know, for the last 12 minutes a man down to uh, pull out the win. Uh, girls soccer, uh, Oakdale earns a one nothing win over Oakdale uh, this week. That, that was a big win for Oakdale that to, to remain undefeated. They're 4-0-3. They, they played a very tough schedule so far. Played schools like Walt Whitman, uh, and, and and they really loaded up their schedule because their coach uh, Annie uh, Schwarzenberg said, "When we lost our first game last year against Ligonor, it wasn't until October, and it was sort of a shock to the system uh, when that happened uh, midway through the season. So they wanted to uh, beef up their early season schedule and, and make sure that they had faced a little adversity before, before they got to this uh, midway point of the season." And the Brunswick girls uh, went over Middletown on Tuesday night. They continue to roll along at 9-0 and overall. And I think there'll be a handful for anyone in, in, in 1A. Uh, there, there's, now, Falston could have most of their team back, and Falston's the team that won the state title last year, beating Brunswick in the championship game. So uh, there will be a couple of good teams out there, but, but Brunswick should be right there with, with the best of them in 1A. Uh, field hockey, Alexander. Um, well, I want to I want to ask you about the golf, uh, the golf in a second because Brunswick did something notable uh, in in the county golf tournament. But uh, you saw a little field hockey this week. Yeah, I saw Urbana again for the for the third time, uh, and they you know they had a pretty dominant four nothing win Wednesday over Oakdale, and you know kind of shaping up to be about the same as usual Urbana. Urbana run in the county in field hockey. Uh, Walkersville also, you know, having a good season. Looks like they play, uh, I believe, October sixth. Uh, so that's probably will be the battle for the, you know, you know, the top spot in the county. But otherwise, it's just, you know, it's those two teams, and then, uh, then kind of everybody else 
falls in line, you know, a few, you know, a few, few games behind lot, lots of, uh, lots of kind of middle middling teams there. Well, I've, I've, I've sort of buried the lead here <clears throat> with, mm-hmm. with, with, with the golf and, and Brunswick, not only winning the County championship, uh, un, un, unseating mm-hmm. Urbana, but, but the individual title was, uh, decided, uh, among brothers, uh, for, for Brunswick. Yeah, so Tuesday the uh, at Clustered Spires, uh, Brunswick had a had a sweep as uh, as Greg said uh, of the county golf tournament boys, girls, and team champions. Uh, first time they are team champions ever, and again, sort of knocking off Urbana, you know, for the first time in a long time. But yeah, on the boys' side, uh, uh, the seniors uh, and their twins, uh, Hank and Luke Adams. Uh, Hank was the CMC champion and. They both shot two under uh, on Tuesday. They were the only two under par, um, and Hank was uh, Hank was up a stroke going into going into eighteen, and he was watching Luke's hole, and Luke uh, chipped to five feet and, and birdied eighteen to force the playoff. And uh, they only needed one hole in the playoff. They they went to hole nine, and it was going to be we're play hole nine, and if we need to play it as many times as we need to, we'll do it. And you know they only need to do it once because uh, uh, Luke birdied that hole and, and Hank got a par. So uh, Luke Adams won the what was victorious in the Battle of the Brothers there. Uh, well, what, what was the dynamic like between them? Were, were they not talking to each other? Were they not looking at each other? Were, were, did they seem nervous or what, what was the dynamic between them as they vied for this county um, championship? I mean, you know, fairly fairly calm. You know, nothing. Not not really letting any emotions get too high or too low there. Um, you know, Luke Luke told me that like most of his stress was just forcing the playoff on eighteen. Like once he did that, he kind of just calmed down and was like, All right, he feels good, whatever happens, happens. And Hank told me he was a little annoyed that he had to get it, you know, kind of was had to be forced into a playoff because I mean he had the you know, he he basically had the win lined up there until the you know, that last hole. Um so, you know, so, so Hank, Hank, you know, again, Hank said he was a little annoyed, but I, again, you know, they were, they were having a good time, at least before and while they were tallying up the scores, they were each, you know, doing some putting practice together and lot, lots of smiles and stuff. So, you know, obviously like, obviously, you know, Luke was happy to win and, you know, Hank would have, you know, Hank, obviously Hank would have, you know, probably been happier had he, had he, you know, pulled out the win. But again, I, you know, at the end of the day, it's not, you know, you know, no, not not too not too hard feelings one way or another, especially given all the other success. And also, again, Hank was the CMC champion, so you know they they each have a trophy or a plaque on their mantle. Did did they shake hands? Did they hug? Or what what was the re- reaction after uh, Luke won the championship? Uh, I believe it was a I believe it was a handshake. Um, and then uh, and then the rest of the Brunswick team uh, uh knighted uh Luke. Kind of, they, uh, they, they knighted uh, him. They, okay. they knighted him uh, at the hole. I thought that was that was fairly funny, um, and out of nowhere. But yeah, uh, you know, fairly fairly low key. Nothing too. I mean, they're twins. They don't have to talk anyway, right? They can just use telepathy. <laughs> or whatever. Yes, I, I was I wasn't yeah. sure how cordial it was. If Hank wanted to punch Luke's lights out, or, no, they or, were they were they were very cordial. Yeah, <laughs> and just how big a deal was it for Brunswick? I mean, the smallest school in the county. I mean, to, to they, win the to win the county championship. Again, they've not really had much, you know, if any real sustained golf success ever and i mean it's such a small school and and and, and the kids are are spread among all the sports so right (laughs) and so i mean it's a pretty shallow talent pool yeah not only to 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 win it but to get 
you know, the top three overall go- golfers, uh, you know, the, the two, the, the Adams brothers, and then uh, Alexandra Swam on the girls' side, uh, you know, she was, not only was she the girls' champion, but she was the third, you know, the only two people that scored higher than her were the Adams brothers, like, overall. Um, you know, so the, you know, the, to have three golfers at that level, again, from a small school, it just really seems like a good set of, you, you know, they, good set of circumstances they had, you know, a lot of people that were really interested, it seems like, and, you know, and, and their, their coach, John, you know, John Yoho, he told me that he hopes this is sort of a, you, you know, it, it's a good message for, or at least can send, send a good, you know, good vibes to, to the other small schools to be like, Hey, you know, if you find the right people, you can make this work. Even if you, again, even if you have, you know, not as many, not as many resources or not as many, not as many, you know, players, if you find the right ones, it can, it can, it can happen. And I mean, you know, good, good on Brunswick, you know, again, this, this, this is the first might not happen again, might not happen again, depending on, because again, the, the, the Adams brothers are seniors and uh, Alexandra Swam, she's a junior, but again, I'm not a hundred percent sure what they have coming up behind. So yeah. one another thing to look at is yeah. their overall fall uh, programs are, have really been something uh, going yeah. back to last year. I mean, their, their boys and their girls soccer team is probably our, our, probably our top team right now in the County. Their boys is in the top four easily. Um, our cross country team is defending one A state champs. I mean, yeah, and the football team, yeah. as we pointed out, is is really you know doing well. They, I'm sure they are the smallest school in the county, I believe, public school. Well, one of the smallest schools in the state, I yeah. believe. And, um, and they're having so, a heck of a fall. Yeah, that, 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 that's board. a great point, John. Mm-hmm. So it, it's been the fall of Brunswick um, so mm-hmm. far. Not the fall, but the fall <laughs> season of, of, <laughs> yeah. of, 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 of Brunswick. Yeah. I, I, should, I should clarify. So. Uh, gentlemen, thank you as always. We'll talk to you again next week. But when we come back, we will talk to uh, Kirk Meehan uh, about the remarkable turnaround for the Ligonore Boys soccer program. Stay with us here on The Final Score. Uh, Kirk Meehan is in his third season coaching the boys soccer team at Ligonore High School authoring uh, quite a turnaround uh, with the Lancers uh, this year. Uh, went from no wins last year to five already, and then in the seasons uh, not even uh, halfway over this fall. And it's my pleasure to welcome Kirk onto the program. Welcome, sir. Thanks for coming in. How you doing, Greg? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Just what has what, what this turnaround meant to you so far, ha- having five wins already? Well, it's been awesome. I think what's cool is to see the kids and how much more fun they're having and let's face it, we know that high school athletics is not about the wins and losses only. It's about much more than that. Um, but it's certainly more fun when you're winning. And it's, it's fun to see them coming to school with a big smile on their face, teachers talking to them in the hallway saying, all right, let's keep it rolling. Let's, let's go, guys. And so I'm happy for them as much as I'm happy for the assistant coaches and um, all of that. But it's, it's cool for them because Linganor has success in a lot of their athletic Right, sports. It's, it's, a uh, high, it's a high bar to live up to, right? And so it's it's nice to be able to join into that. Right. Well, well why are you guys playing better? So I knew you were going to ask something about that, and we've talked as a coaching staff a lot about what's been different this year. Um, as a teacher, as a, a coach, probably as any, whether it's a reporter, whoever it is, you're going to reflect on what you've done and how you can get better at it. That's just a natural human tendency, I think. And what we kind of decided as a staff was not a ton has changed. Um, you know, as far as what our practices are, as far as what our expectations are, what we're asking of the kids, none of that's changed. Um, we have a lot of kids 
that have come through the program. Uh, a couple juniors that are contributing quite a bit this year. We had uh, a senior come back from injury, a couple of seniors return that were just otherwise not on the team last year. Um, we're just far more technical than we've been in the past, and that allows us to do things that we weren't able to do, have a lot more depth and things like that. Has, has your luck changed at all? Because because I mean because you need some good bounces to go your way. Yeah. And and sometimes when you lose, you play really well, but the bounces don't go your way. Are are, are you getting bounces now that you weren't last year? We've we've got five wins as you mentioned, and all of those are one goal games. Yeah. That's not sustainable, realistically. <laughs> so. Uh, your hair is going to be gray pretty soon. The, the answer. Well, it's already graying. Don't worry. Um, the answer is yes. We've we've had a lot of fortunate bounces. Um, We've had a lot of very good saves in, in goal, some, some particular shots that I think go in on 95% of the keepers around here. And uh, our guy made, Eric, made some awesome dynamic saves on them. So we've gotten very fortunate as much as we've worked for every win. That's um, Eric uh, Simonson? Simonson, yeah. yeah. We have worked for everything we've gotten, but it's soccer. The ball, the games don't always go to the better team. Yeah. And uh, we've had some fortunate bounces i would say yeah but, but win or lose you, you need the bounces to go your way i mean l luck is a part of every sports season it is it and I, i've told the kids that too that you can't get lucky if you don't if you're not in a position to get lucky so we've done a good job of fighting to make sure we're in a position where if one or two things happen we get a goal um or a big stop defensively we can and drag out that win you know yeah how tough was going through the last two years really because you didn't have a lot of success uh uh uh, the in, during the weird spring season either. Yeah, that, so just how have you kept the guys going, motivated to play? Uh, I mean, how have you kept the program together? Yes, yeah, so I began coaching at Linganore in 2021, I guess, was the first season, but that was in started in February, if you remember. Yeah, well, when were you hired as, as the coach? Over the 2020 summer, so the middle of COVID. Um, I had previously worked in Carroll County at Westminster High School, Really enjoyed my time there, but the opportunity arose for me to come back to Frederick County, so I wanted to do that. And, uh, you know, we we were just kind of up in the air. We didn't know when the season was going to begin, if it was going to begin. Uh, we were trying to put together, you know, team spirit wear orders, but we didn't have a team. So it was a really – it was a balancing act, and it was hard to navigate, especially as a first-year coach. These guys don't know me. I don't know them. I don't know the parents at the time. So it was difficult. And then, uh, you know, as you mentioned, the season itself, the results – were not what we had hoped. Um, we did get three wins that year. Um, one of the big one was Frederick that we, we were really hanging our hats on that year. But then last year was tough. Last year we were in a couple games. We, we ended up having two games that we tied. But there was a lot of games that we were just simply not competitive in, and that's hard to stomach for everybody. Yeah, because you put in so much uh, work. Right. You, you, you require so much time of, of theirs. You want to see some reward for all the time and investment that you're you're putting into it. And it, it just the bounces didn't go your way last year. I'm sure you had some games where you thought you had it, but, man, we, 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 we weren't getting the bounces last year. Yeah, and there's always those games. And, and I think some of them came earlier in the season last year. So then it's, you know, you, you're encouraged by it. You're saying, hey, well, this game could have gone very, very differently had this or that occurred. But those are earlier in the season, and then the season. Um, looking at the schedule, I mean, Frederick County is sort of a gauntlet. Even even, even Brunswick, the smallest school in the county, yeah, you, you is, think you're is, getting is, is like a state championship caliber program. Sean's got that program uh, like humming. I guess he um, 
he's a great guy. I've known Sean for a long time. But yeah, you, you look at that one A school on your schedule, like oh great, it's Brunswick. Oh great, <laughs> right? There, there, there's no breathers, like you say. Like anyone you play, you you could lose to just about. <laughs> and again, five and one, but five one goal wins. So yeah. We could be sitting here having a very different conversation at the same time. Right, but but how'd you keep the guys invested last year? How how'd you get them to want to come back uh, after the difficulty of just not winning any games last year? <laughs> we have a good group of guys, and we have. I've been fortunate with that. Each of my three years, um, they get along with each other. So just by nature of being social people, they wanted to be together at practice. They wanted to come out. Um, and as a staff, we just had to maintain positivity throughout it, it wasn't easy um what, what would you tell them because to stay positive every game we sit down and go over uh things we did well and things that we can improve on as a team I, I give them the opportunity to say what they saw on the field from their player perspective um but you have to highlight everything you've done well it, it, even at halftime of some of those games like okay it's zero zero we talked about getting to halftime with an opportunity to finish that game with the result we wanted. Uh, so sometimes it's really finding those small positives to uh, you know keep them hooked or, or keep them engaged. That, hey, it is a loss. It didn't result like we wanted, but there was improvement there. Whether you want to believe it or not, there was definitely improvement. I, I imagine part of it, too, is going through something as difficult as last season. Like, you and your players want to be part of that turnaround, too. Like, well, like when the tide does turn, when you, when you guys start to turn the corner and get those one-goal wins, you want to be a part of that, too. Yeah, I think sometimes about the guys from last year, and um, one guy in particular, I won't mention names, but he played so hard for us every time he was on the field and gave everything he had, and I, I wish he could have had some of the success. Um, I'm sure he's you know, happy and smiling for his buddies, but I do feel that feel fortunate or unfortunate for him that he wasn't able to get any of that success. Right. Are, are the wins sweeter this year because of what, what you guys have been through or is, is a win just you're happy and it's a win? <laughs> we joke as a staff that, you know, all right, maybe one time we're going to have one that's a comfortable victory or comfortable win. And we're not going to be sweating it out to the last 30 seconds of the game, but um, every win is sweet. Uh, you know, I, I, we talked after the Walkersville win, and uh, that was sort of like the monkey off the back. Um, the sweet one this year so far has been Oakdale. I, I thought we played very hard with them, uh, and we were able to get that win. The kids loved that. Yeah, because Oakdale is like another state-caliber program. They're a great Frederick program. County, they right? have been. And it's such a close community to ours. The kids all know each other. Um, and so I know our boys had that one circle. They wanted to come out and show that these results have not been – those lucky bounces exclusively they've been some strides we've made as a program too right so, so simonson is he standing on his head in all these games i mean you're, you're asking you're asking a lot of him uh with all these close margins here yeah we are and he's eric's a funny kid um or a funny case i should say and he's he's someone that i'll tell stories about for the the rest of my coaching life last year we had um in my opinion two of the better goalkeepers in the county and then we had a third guy. We just – you can't carry too many kids. Right. And Eric was a casualty of those numbers. Oh, we got a cut. So Eric did not make the team last year. Wow. Um, nicest kid in the world if you talk to him. And uh, so it was really difficult to have that conversation with him. And this – like, you know, he's doing the stuff in the summer. He's, he's at summer league. He's at the pickup stuff. He was there every step of the way. And to see the smile on his face when we said, hey, 
yes, you're on the team was rewarding in and of itself. Like he was so happy and, and I was proud of him for that. And then, you know, we go through the preseason and, and realize that he was going to be the guy that we lean on. And I don't know his exact stats, but he's a, he's a big kid. <laughs> he's like six, four. Yeah. So he's by way of being an athlete and that frame, he's able to get to balls that a lot of people can't. And he's just played outstanding. I think his confidence is growing each week. Um, the kids are rallying around him and it's been fun to watch. Not that there haven't been other uh, kids involved in this turnaround, but he's Eric's really the epitome of it just because this is the guy that was cut from a, from a team that didn't win a game, and, and now he's one of the biggest reasons for your success. Yeah, he does really epitomize that. You're, you're absolutely right. It's It's been really fun to watch him have that success, um, again, because he is th- that kid that does everything right. And he's just so nice and his smile is infectious when you're when you're around that kid does he have a big personality too or um he keeps the guys loose and cracking jokes and stuff like that or he's he's becoming more outgoing and outspoken which you kind of demand of a goalkeeper yeah so our defensive front is our our back four is pretty veteran so we're fortunate in that who's back there um there's four guys that primarily play in the, in the center are the two seniors that have been around for a long time. Uh, Andy Bailey is one of our captains and Chase Breck. Um, Andy's an example of a guy that um, last spring tore his ACL. So, or two springs ago, excuse me. So wasn't able to play last year. Um, he was with us every step of the way last year on the sideline as like our you know manager. But as a staff, we were bringing him aside and said, look, this is what we're seeing. And next year when you're out there, we expect you to be able to shore things up and make those adjustments in real time. Uh, so I think that, you know, you don't want a kid to get injured like that, but I think that helped him see the other side of it and that we're maybe not crazy on the sidelines when we're telling him some of these things. Right. Who's giving you offense? Our offense, Kyle Walker's a workhorse up there. He, he's your leading scorer, right? He's our leading scorer. Um, he runs cross country too for the school. He's no, one of those two sport. Yeah. yeah. Two sport athletes. Uh, fortunately for us, he soccer is his primary. So if there's ever conflicts, he's with us. But um, as you can imagine, he's just in tremendous shape. So he can run 80 all minutes day, all, hard. All day, right. um, So he, he gives us a lot. And he, he's a guy that last year, by way of depth, we had playing five, six different positions. At any, any one time, he's somewhere else in the field. Um, so we have him, you know, putting a lot of pressure on the defense. Um, Alex Coleman and Jonas Weimer in the middle – and Mo Agbesi, we we feel really strong with those three guys that we rotate and make sure we keep them fresh. And I, um, I'm sure it'll come up. This guy, Ben Griffin, this freshman that, that comes to us, has been outstanding so far. He's gotten two game winners. And some of these other games, there was goals that were close misses. Um, we thought he had one against Oakdale and ended up getting called back. Not called back, but the game expired um, full-time or whatever. So those guys are – and I don't want to leave anyone out, but – um, but Brady Densock scored a game winner for you too, right? Yeah, Brady scored against Middletown. Brady plays out wide, and he's another guy, tremendous athlete, one of the best athletes on the field. Um, really should be one of the better athletes on any field he steps on. Uh, got a lot of pace, so if he's out wide, he's dangerous. And he's another kid that we can put wherever. If uh, someone gets hurt defensively, all right, Brady, slide back. Um, and he, Brady's been with us for a long time too. He was – played almost 80 minutes a game as a sophomore last year. So it's nice to have him and those guys that get that continuity. 
is the offense going to come around or have you resigned yourself that you're gonna have to sweat all these games out and and wait for your opportunity and cash in it's yeah we, we've talked about that as a team like we have to be scoring more we, we've worked on finishing as much as we can and there's been a lot of games where those breaks just haven't gone our way whether it's a, a tough first touch on a, on a, a ball in uh, or what it might be but we've had opportunities it's not been our production has not been because of lack of opportunity, which is good because I think those things will correct themselves. But yeah, we got to We got to put the ball in the net at the end of the day <laughs> for, I mean, for your, for your health. Uh, I know and for, of you and your assistants at the very least. Right. Yeah, we're, <laughs> and, it, and, and Eric too. I'm, I'm sure he doesn't like to have be asked to win every single game. Yeah. One, nothing is, is uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> did you think you were going to be a coach, Kirk, all, all along? Or, or, or growing up, did you think, hey, I'm going to coach soccer one day? Um, soccer was my main sport growing up. You know, as kids, I, we played all the sports. Um, but we, my whole family, we gravitated towards soccer. I think just naturally kids want to do what they're better at. And so then we just did more soccer. Um, I was – I just loved the sport. And – I didn't know if I was going to be a coach. Um, it's kind of a funny story. Actually, when I first started coaching um, at Westminster High School, the first thing I wanted to coach was wrestling. Why is that? Um, wrestling, I, I only did it three years in high school, uh, but I really fell in love with the sport. I think a lot of – you can teach life lessons through any athletic event. Um, wrestling is, is extremely hard work, so you tend to get a specific type of kid doing it. And I, I just think I relate to those kids really well. And it, it was fun to, it, it is fun to coach them. Um, so then at Westminster, this is my 11th year teaching. Um, so at Westminster. What, what, what do you teach? I'm a special ed teacher. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I, fir- I started at a non-public school in Baltimore County. Um, all special ed students. There was no, any athletics they had were not, you know, the MPSSA things. So there weren't. We did coach there, but there was it was a different level, a different story altogether. But then at Westminster, um, I was coaching wrestling, and then I there was a familiar name on that coaching list, a guy that I had known for years named Todd Musick, and I went to talk with him and just say, hey, what's up, catch up to him. And he asked me to just help out, and so I did that for a few years, and I was like, all right, I, I was kind of falling back in love with soccer. You went to Tuscarora. I mean, did you, did you grow up despising Ligonor? <laughs> Um, no, no, we, Tuscarora was a really, my first year, my freshman year was the first year the school opened. So as a kid, you know, the plans were in place for Tuscarora, but my older sister, she's one year, she's 15 months older than me, but a grade ahead of me, her freshman year, she went to Frederick high school. Um, and then when Tuscarora opened, we had freshmen and sophomores. She came over to Tuscarora. We thought Tuscarora was our big, or Frederick, excuse me, was our big rival for sports. Um, and it just so happened with, at the time, Urbana was a very, very strong program. So, and we thought that about ourselves. So we were always, and TJ, those were the three for us, Urbana and, and TJ, that were big but, on our schedule. But Ligonor wasn't, wasn't, they didn't engender any negative feelings or anything like that? No, I mean, it wasn't, you know, I, Urbana was like our school at Tuscarora that we really had circled for basketball or whatever. Maybe football, they didn't compete, but that's a different story. Um, but there was, it was never going to be – I'm an adult now. It's never going to be, oh, I don't want to work there. I'm not no, – yeah, yeah. I, I, don't mean, I don't mean to totally paint it this way. And, and who knows what direction life takes you. I mean, there, there's coaches, many coaches that end up working uh, for, for the sure. arch rival. Uh, 
high school. But I, I want to ask how you got left out here because um, you went to Tuscarora. I did. You, you, your brother pl- is a little younger than you. He played at Tuscarora. Yep. 2008, he's on this the, the team that made the somewhat surprising run to the state championship. Uh-huh. The guy got hot at the right time, but but you graduated right before that. Your, your sisters show up at Tuscarora, and, 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 the, and they win a, a couple of state titles each. Yeah. So, so everyone's got trophies in, in, in the Meehan household except you. I mean, how, yeah. how, how does that make you feel, and, and how did it work out that way? Well, I, I may have butchered the story earlier. Um, my older sister, Amanda, she won two state titles herself, at Tuscarora. Okay. Um, one of those at 3A, one of, or one was at 3A, one was at 1A, uh, the second year the school was open. Um, and then you mentioned Quinn. He played soccer at Towson when they started the program. Amanda was at Loyola. Um, so I just think they were a little more highly accomplished. The way I put it, Greg, is that between the three of us, we have three state titles. Okay. Uh, th- they don't need to ask any more questions. <laughs> you know? it, it doesn't matter the name attached to this to the state title. I can remember when Quinn's team was in the state finals, and they, I think you're right. They were like five and six, five six and one going into playoffs. Yeah, they had really no expectations whatsoever. Um, but they were a darn good team. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, so they, you know, go through the playoffs. Clarksburg was their big one in their region that they had to get through, and then they felt good after that. But I remember talking with Steitler, who was the head coach and my coach before the game and just it was kind of neat he was saying that you know you guys that came before them helped lay the foundation for this this success is not this team's only it's it's a program success versus right the 20 or 2008 team um do you mention that uh to, to quinn hey i i i laid the foundation uh, for you well i i can tell him whatever he wants in fact he knows that he is a better soccer player than me <laughs> so I, <laughs> I i don't even think he would entertain it <laughs> well, what what position did you play uh, growing up, I was a, more of a forward. Um, my f- sophomore and junior year, by way of our team chemistry and, and just the, the makeup of our team, I was a, a center midfielder. And my senior year, again, based on the, the makeup of our team, guys that had graduated, guys that were coming up, I had to play defense just to make sure we were tight back there too. So you, so you played all over the all over the field. Yeah, so. I mean, and I was thinking about this. We talk as a staff, and I should mention that on that Tuscarora team. One of my assistants, Michael Green, was on that team. No, no kidding. Um, he's very. He played at Towson with Quinn, and he was the first guy I'm calling, like, you know, texting him all the time. Hey, dude, I need help. I need help. I need help. So ple- I was very fortunate that he relented, ultimately, is what I'll put it, to right. come help me. Um, but, yeah, in high school soccer, you're trying to get your eight toughest guys on the field and then figure out where those 11 – I'm sorry, those 11 toughest guys on the field and figure out where you're going to – put each of them to get the best product and that changed year to year for me right where, where did you go to college i went to wvu wvu okay. yeah you're, you're, you're a mountaineer i am a mountaineer and a, and a major fan um yeah probably spent too much of my time watching mountaineer sports but that's okay that's okay and the football team had a tough start with with pitt but they've uh, come around since right yeah you you could argue that the kansas one was even tougher than the pitt game um, so they dropped to 0-2 very early on, and I know you said this is 30 to 40 minutes, but if you're talking WVU sports, football in particular, no, you, you, I just got to be out of here by 6 for our game. <laughs> um, and then they won two back-to-back, you know, Towson being one of them, and, yeah. and Virginia Tech, which I think will prove to be um, one of the lighter games on our schedule, but 
you know. Do, do you go to games still? I mean, Morgantown, as much as I can. Yeah, Morgantown's not that far away. No, from here it's two and a half hours, easy ride. Right. Yeah. Right, so right, right off uh, sixty-eight. Yeah, there, seventy so. to sixty-eight, and it drops you right in town. Right. So, I spend a lot, like I said, a lot of my time following those sports, going to the events, and some people might argue that it takes up too much of my time, but <laughs> that's okay. Are, are you glad the backyard brawl is back? Or yeah, and it's it's not back for too long. We we play them next year, and then we we get um, you, Penn State on our schedule for a home and home. You have it. You have them at home next year. You next year's at, at home. You're at Pitt this year. Yeah, yeah. we were at first game at Acrisure. Yeah, right. Their new name. That's true. And the ball's clanging off a guy's hands for the game-winning pick six. I mean, yeah, and that poor come kid on, had come a on, come on, heck of a game. Yeah. Um, was really one of the main reasons we were in that game. Yeah. And that's a guy you'll see playing on Sundays. But, uh, yeah, we get them at home next year. And then we, we have a, a couple-year break. We get a home-and-home home with Penn State. You know, in the Big 12, you have to play all conference teams, so you only have three. Yeah, you just you just mentioned the Big Twelve. Is it sunken yet? The WVU's. Uh, you still think of them like is in the Big East or something like that, right? Well, yeah. So I I graduated in 2012, which was our final year, that Orange Bowl year when we beat Clemson. You graduate right before things happen. I'm 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 noticing I'm noticing the pattern. Yeah, you're here. right. <laughs> um, but I, you know, my time at WVU was kind to me. We won the Fiesta Bowl my freshman year. Yeah, true. My final year, we won the Orange Bowl, and then in between that was a Final Four run for basketball. So it was sort of uh, I was spoiled with all that success. Right. Do you, do you know Joe Alexander? He was a little bit before my time. My freshman year was his final year there. Okay. But yeah, I've, I've met him since then. Yeah. And just kind of said hi and, and things like that. You know, right. The most recent time I saw him was before I was actually at Linganore. But uh, he was a stud. He was a beast there. Oh, yeah. Well, when, when, when Seventh in the lottery. Seventh or eighth pick, yeah. Yeah, right. And, and, and helped their basketball team obviously win a lot of games. So Bob Huggins just went to the Hall of Fame, actually. Yeah, true, true. Which is a- um, at what point did you realize, hey, coaching, teaching, that, that might be my path? Um, at West Virginia, you know, I was a typical college freshman where I, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Uh, um, I d- declared a few different majors, but – I came across this one sheet, I think it was one of my roommates had it, for a five-year master's program for secondary education. And this one happened to me for social studies. I'm looking at the sheet of all these different courses you need to um, apply to the program. And I said, well, hey, I've got this done. I've got that done. Some of them were from high school. Um, and so I said, that, that really might be a good, a good thing to, to look more into. And I think teaching must have always been in the back of my mind. But then this sort of drew it to the forefront and said, all right, let me look further into this program um, and ended up going for it. And does your love of soccer drew you to coaching? Yeah, I mean, I, I think as a, as a teacher, you're always looking for ways to connect with kids more. And I know for me, I connected with some of my teachers that were coaches as well. So if I think if you have the skill set to do both and you're able to, you know, afford your time either way I think you should do so high school in particular you have to be involved in extracurriculars there's so many things that make a high school run athletics is a part of that it's not the whole thing there's all kinds of other programs clubs um, that are important for everyone's mental health in that building and I think if you the more you can get involved the better it is as a teacher Speaking of the connection between teachers and kids, how how awesome is it to work with uh, special ed kids that you work with? Yeah, so I'm like as you mentioned, special ed. Uh, I go. It's all mainstream classes that I'm going into. So these are kids that 
you wouldn't realize that are, are coded as special ed. Mm-hmm. Uh, very high-functioning kids might have lower reading level, might have a lower math level, whatever it might be. But it's it, as much as it's cool to you know watch that kid that was always messing up this one particular play in soccer or messing up this one move in wrestling, it's even better when you see this kid, you've worked on this one skill in math or um, in English or whatever the class is, and they get that reward with that, that grade that they were working so hard for. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, uh, that, that is awesome. So you went to WVU, you wanted to come back to Frederick County, or you weren't sure where you were going to end up? Or um... I knew it was going to be Maryland. For me, I, I've always said Morgantown or Maryland. Um, I, I could have seen myself staying in Morgantown, but I, I have so many friends here. My whole family's here. Uh, we've talked a little bit about my family. And I didn't want to be too far from them. So I was in the area. That first school was a non-public, again, in Baltimore County. Then it was Westminster and then this opened up, so it's kind of always been coming back to Frederick. Um, and I just, to me, it doesn't seem like the right time to leave Frederick. Everything's right. right. And, <laughs> and the Westminster thing and the Ligon Order thing just happened through connections? or Actually, um, yeah. Um, the, the Westminster one was a connection through the previous school. Um, a, a woman that I worked with at the school was called Hannah Moore at the time. She had been teaching at Westminster High School as the special department chair, gave me a call and said, hey, uh, we have an opening, and it's not only special ed, but it's pushing into social studies classes, so I think you'd be great. So I went there, um, and a pretty similar situation at Linganore, except this time it was, hey, we have the soccer job open, and I said, I would love to do that, but we got to find a way to get in the building. I think it's a lot easier to organize and make those connections we've talked about if the teacher's in the building and so that was a priority, and lo and behold, again, a special ed job opens, push, primarily pushing into social studies classes. So it, it really worked out in each of those situations. Did you want to coach, or did you want to teach special ed? Another well, funny, interesting story, let's say. Uh, master's degree in secondary ed for social studies. And that first summer, you, you apply for jobs. You throw it in for Frederick County, Carroll, Howard, um, and your parents are all over you. Like, you got to, when are you going to get a job? Where are you going to work? They're like, oh, I've already applied. I've already applied. Nothing came around. My sister, Amanda, that we've mentioned, she was working at that non-public school as a speech pathologist and said, hey, they have this job open. It is special ed, but it's, you know, they need a social studies teacher. So I applied for it. And now I say to, to the parents and the other teachers, like, well, I went to school to teach social studies, but here I am 11 years later in special ed. So you just you get in where you can and 11 years later here we are yeah you teach social studies are are you a history geek or um i wouldn't say geek i, I mean i prefer the the one i'm strongest in is american history mm-hmm. uh there's the least amount to know and and figure out yeah right but uh right now my schedule is uh, american studies and two government classes okay so you're teaching kids how our our government uh, operates even though it doesn't o- operate always at, pe- at peak efficiency yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I, right I, I, as we know what was coaching was it harder than you thought it was when you when you first started yeah it, i mean there's a lot of times where you don't realize what you need to teach mm-hmm. and so there's skills that you might bypass without even realizing you're bypassing them because you're like whoa i didn't we got to take a couple steps back here um, and that's, that comes with that reflection we talked about earlier. Like, okay, man, we, I need to go over all of this. And it's got to be step by step. 
what about the time commitment too because you're not you're not doing it for the money you, you're not you're not paid that much money to coach um and it's it's yeah you're on you got practice every day you got games uh we uh it eats up a lot of your your weekends just what was the time commitment was that shocking to you at, at first i would say no only because i was so involved in in athletics and i you know i i mentioned i wrestled too um so we were always going from sport to sport. I, I think the time commitment that you don't realize when you're coming into it is the paperwork aspect on the side. Um, you got to have everything organized. You got to go through all these different steps clerically, and that takes a little bit of time to get used yeah, to. But, eligibility, like eligibility, yeah. is tripped up. Football coaches uh, here before. Uh, yeah, I mean, even things like the kids getting to class on time. It, it all these little things that. As a program, you got to be disciplined, and, and the kids have to understand what needs to be done on the field. Yeah, but in that school, first and foremost. Do you have someone that handles, we'll call it, the business side, the clerical stuff for you, or do you do it all yourself? When I was helping at, with Westminster Wrestling, I sort of took on a lot of that because I knew I wanted to learn it. Um, and you mentioned that you know these coaches are not getting paid well. Some of them not at all. So I take on most of that burden. Uh, I I try to get the communication coming through me so that the other coaches don't have to deal with it. It simplifies things too, right? It does. And that, that way things don't, aren't as likely to slip through the cracks. Um, it does stink that we can't pay these coaches what we want, but I think that also gives you a different caliber of coach. The guys that you do have are there obviously not for the money. So they're there because they love the sport. And they want to help the kids. Right. Uh, absolutely. So what's the story with Ben Griffin? You said I was going to ask you about him. Yeah, he, he plays pretty high-level club. He's a kid that um, you, you don't know what you're going to get with a freshman. I mean, there's plenty of females on the girls' side that are able to physically keep up as a freshman. I think they just mature physically at a very different rate than guys. Um, and so most often, any freshman, regardless of how skilled they are, aren't quite through puberty enough to compete at a varsity level. It's a different speed. Um, the kids are way different in strength. So we didn't know what to expect with him. And, you know, his touch on the ball is great, and he's very quick. We needed to see that translate, and we brought him over for the final varsity tryout. And, I mean, it became obvious that not only are we going to keep this kid on the team, that we he's probably going to see the field a lot. Yeah, but it's great to have a, a, a freshman that you could count on so heavily right away. Yeah, it's, it's hard – to think about a freshman as one of your leaders, but I think he's always fighting for the ball. He's doing things that we ask. So, yeah, he's not leading warm-ups. He's not doing this or that, but he is a leader by uh, what he's doing on the field. Yeah, it's tough, too, because he's a freshman, and he's young, he's a lot younger than a lot of these guys, and he's, he's probably a little uncomfortable, like, taking charge of a huddle or, sure. or a locker room or something like that because he's younger. <laughs> yeah, we've – you know, when he's out there – and this is a learning thing, and this is just maybe a, a me thing that I, I don't care to hear. Well, you, you, you hear the kids in the stands like, oh, he's a freshman. And I don't care how old the kid is. If you can play, you can play. Right, sure. Um, so I, we don't think of him as a freshman. We think of him as a, a varsity soccer player. That's Yeah, uh, absolutely. Are you a big-time soccer junkie? Are you, are you watching, like, games overseas? I mean, we got the World Cup coming yeah. up. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled that the World Cup's coming up. It does – 
feel sort of weird and anticlimactic because yeah, it's, it's it this can time be over, of year. It's going to be over the holidays. I know. You're going to be like sitting down to Thanksgiving watching like Italy or not. Italy's not in the World Cup, excuse me, but you're watching the U.S. play. Yeah, we play Black Friday. Right. Yeah. Against England. England on Black Friday. Right. Um, And I, so I, I don't, this is maybe surprising, but I, I don't watch enough EPL or any of those, those leagues because I did talk about West Virginia sports and they kind of coincide the seasons and I, I realized at one point or another that if I want to get anything done on a Saturday, it's going to have to be before noon, which is, you know, when those games are running. So I don't, I don't follow it as much as I would like, but, um, but you'll be locked in for the, for the world. I can't Cup. wait for that. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, all right, Kirk, here we are with five wins. You guys have to be generating some belief off, off of these uh, victories. Uh, have expectations changed? What, what are expectations now uh, for, for this group going forward? I mean, again, going back to the five wins with a, each of them a one-goal margin of victory. So we, we can't look past anything on the schedule. Um, and the schedule is really heating up. We get Middletown today, and they, that program's never down. Um, next week is Urbana. Then we get, you know, there's still South Carroll. There's still uh, Brunswick and Tuscarora. We, we have no breaks here. So our, it's hard to conceptualize what your goal is for the end of the year. We want, we, we want to be ready for our first playoff game, and we want to compete for everything. I mean, you came into the season just wanting to get that win and get that monkey off the back, right? Yeah. And so one of our assistant coaches – is a social studies teacher, and he's always on the sideline. He's a young kid. I shouldn't call him a kid, but he's young. He's closer to the kid's age than he is to mine. And Yeah, we're old. We're old guys. <laughs> it's hard to imagine, but, yeah, somehow. And he is always texting the other teachers, like, hey, we, we beat Walkersville. Hey, we, we got another one. And so it's, it's cool to have the other teachers in the building talking about it as well because that didn't happen in years past. But for the, the bare-bones goal – is just to compete for everything, um, whether it's for every ball that's dribbling down the field or, or just stepping in front of your man. We want to try to instill that in our kids. Let's just compete. And, and let the results take care of themselves. Or, exactly. Yeah. We can't go in like, all right, we want to win this game 2 nothing. We want to have a comfortable win. That's not the way it goes. Do your job individually as far as beating your man to the ball. Find the next player. Play with your head up, and, and the results will fall into place. Yeah. Fall into place. Right. Uh, is it weird for you to coach against Tuscarora? Unfortunately, those games have not been competitive. <laughs> um, and, and Todd's a great guy. I, Mark, I think Steitler's still helping him this year. Uh, Steitler was my coach for those years I was there, and then Todd stepped in. He was a part of the staff for that 2008 championship run. Um, I saw the other day he got his 100th win as a head coach, which yeah. is pretty cool and impressive. Uh, really happy for him. And he's been a mentor to me. Like when I got the job at Linganore, he was reaching out saying, "Hey, if you need this, if you need that, uh, stay aware of this. Stay away." You know, we had a kid transfer to Linganore this year, younger kid, but Todd made me aware of this kid. Didn't show up the first day of tryouts. Had Todd not reached out, this person would have been on my radar. I wouldn't have maybe thought to go talk to the mom because he was registered. Um, but to answer your question, I'm rooting for Tuscarora all the way. Um, yeah, sure. You know, when we're coaching against them. Obviously, that changes for that evening, that 80 minutes. But last year, Linganore hosted, and we're going to host the 3A state semifinals again. Yeah. And so I, I was really excited for that game and obviously didn't bounce the way 
we were all hoping, but no, I root Tusker all the success they are earning. Right. Hey, Kirk, thanks for coming in, man. It's been fun chatting with you. Yeah. Uh, we wish your team all the best uh, going forward, and we'll see where this run ends. I mean, who, who knows, right? No, no one would have said you guys would be 5-1 and one at this point, right? Yeah, I, I really don't think anyone. Right. Uh, and good luck to your uh, Mountaineer. Who do, who, do, who do we have this week? Uh, we get Texas, 730 on FS1. So. Okay. So you'll be you'll be locked into that. We'll be locked so, in. Yeah, Texas has been up and down. That's a game you, you guys could win, right? It's a game we can win. The spread's a little bigger than it should be, in my opinion. Right. But uh, Texas does tend to be stronger at home than they are on the road. Yeah. So. They, yeah, they gave Alabama gave Alabama a scare. At home, so, yeah. Right, yeah. So, anyway, sir, uh, thanks for coming in, and uh, we wish we wish your team well. And uh, my thanks to Alexander Dacey and John Cannon for coming on earlier and talking Frederick County Sports. Uh, to Graham Cullen for producing and uh, to Katina Azent, a uh, guest producer this week, because uh, Graham just got married and is on his honeymoon. So, so thanks to uh, thanks to Cat. All right, folks, uh, that'll do it uh, this week for us here on the Final Score Podcast. Uh, have a great week, and we'll see you back here next week. Thank you. Thank you.